in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast, powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Tomorrow morning at about 6 a.m., a Tech Today article will be published entitled Social Payments or P2P on Steroids. And it's an article that sort of summarizes our review of several P2P applications over the past couple of weeks, including Venmo, PayPal, and Square's Cash App. And the punchline is that that Venmo wins in no small part because of its integration with Facebook. So they've created essentially a, a frictionless service. And by leveraging Facebook, they've been able to, to supercharge user adoption. And we give you specific details as to how Venmo accomplished that in the note. And then writing the note, it got me thinking about essentially blockchain. So the way the way Venmo has done it by leveraging Facebook's social media platform, they expedite the onboarding process of connections. So if you're a Venmo user and there are 40 million plus Venmo users out there, it's a good chance that those users are on Facebook. And so therefore it becomes easy to find a counterparty, the other P in a P2P transaction, because you can look them up by email, look them up by username, much like you can on any other P2P platform. But then you have the, the visual associated with the Facebook profile that makes the, 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 the search piece really easy. So if you're one of a number of John Smiths, it's, it's, it's easier to identify the John Smith that you're looking for, given that the John Smith you're looking for, assuming he has a Facebook profile, it helps expedite the, the identity confirmation process. And then once you find the counterparty, you can friend them. And it's a quick way of, quick way of creating that link after which time you can exchange payments back and forth. So I call that whole process the identity confirmation, uh, you onboarding to the platform, counterparties onboarding. That whole process is sort of an onboarding process, and it becomes expedited because of Facebook's network. And there's a trust element given Facebook's network. Trust in terms of the identity of the counterparty. You can kind of be sure that the person you're looking for is, in fact, the person you're looking for with that Facebook uh, confirmation. So that, that's that's one way in which Venmo sort of drives adoption by leveraging the Facebook network. The, the other way is your P2P transactions are public, which I, I wasn't aware of until several weeks ago when I took a look at it in more detail and set my provisioning such that any transaction would not be public. I believe the default is public. So, for example, if, if you're out to dinner with a friend and your friend pays with, a, let's say, the server with a card and you chip in by you know, paying half of the bill to your friend via P2P application, if you're on Venmo's platform and you don't provision your, your privacy settings, the default will be that Jane Doe pays John Smith X dollars for steak dinner, as an example. We include examples in the, in the article. And so that public ledger, if you will, of user transactions attracts other users. Now, to me, it's a turnoff, but I skew older in terms of the user group. So my guess would be if you're 30, 35, and younger, that may be something that's attractive to you, having sort of this public ledger of transactions out there. And it's everything. It's restaurant bills, rental payments, you name it. You you see it all just with a a quick scroll. And if you think back to the advantage Venmo and other P2P guys have today, should they partner with a Facebook, having the ability to leverage social platforms. You compare that to the 1990s with PayPal, who, by the way, owns Venmo. It's kind of interesting if you don't know the story. Venmo sold to Braintree back in 2012. So this was the year after I left banking. I knew Braintree, didn't know Venmo. So they sold out to Braintree for $26 million. Braintree, a year later, sold 
to PayPal for approximately $800 million. And Bill Reedy, who used to run iPay, he was CFO and product manager at iPay, which sold to Jack Henry. And I know the guys at Jack Henry are really impressed with Bill Reedy. So then Reedy goes over to run Braintree. And now he's EVP COO at, at PayPal. So he knows the, the payment space really well. And so PayPal has both assets, both legacy PayPal and Venmo. Legacy PayPal, the way they got started, that's Elon Musk and, and crew. The way they kind of drove adoption back in the in the 90s was they would deposit, I want to say they deposited $5 in your account. So they, they bought users initially. They would find your email address, sort of introduce the service. And if you subscribe to the service, they would deposit $5 essentially worth of credit in your account, in your PayPal account. And that was the way they sort of drove adoption because this, of course, was, was before any social media network. So there's a little bit of backstory. And as I'm writing this article, I'm thinking, you know, this is sort of shares some of the some common elements with, with, with blockchain, with distributed databases. In that the idea of a, of a distributed database, a blockchain database, is that you can trust the various third parties within the blockchain network from an identity standpoint. And therefore, the risk of fraud is, is greatly reduced, despite the fact that there have been people who have hacked these, these networks. But it, it, it's sort of like what I was describing earlier with, with, with Venmo, in that the counterparties are, you know, from an identity standpoint, de-risked by the fact that most of the Venmo users have a Facebook account, and it makes it easier to sort of validate that that counterparty. And so if you think about scenarios in which blockchain, you could leverage a blockchain network, think about institutional trading. So if you confirm the identity of the counterparties up front, so everybody knows one version of every counterparty, there's a single version of the truth for every counterparty, there's a single version of the truth for every issuer, so anybody that would issue paper, GE, Google, Lyft, one version of the truth for each and every issuer, one version of the truth for each and, each and every issue. So it doesn't matter what debt tranche, doesn't matter what equity security or derivative, everybody knows the same version of each security. What would then happen, would it it'd be easier to expedite trade settlement? You wouldn't have issues where various counterparties don't know certain elements of a trade and therefore trade settlement uh, gets delayed. Same thing with certain elements of the, the healthcare ecosystem, all the different use cases you've heard about blockchain. And then I saw the news hit tonight that Facebook, so another derivative of sort of a hey, blockchain-like network in that they're pursuing a digital currency for their platform. And we, we wrote about this and talked about this some months ago with Facebook. I think it was called the, the Bank of Facebook. I think we wrote a similar article for Apple. Article and podcasts are each, I think. When I was thinking of Facebook introducing a fintech element some months ago, I was thinking more of traditional e-commerce on the platform, particularly on the mobile platform, You know, being able to buy the goods that you see on the phone right from Facebook, introducing Stripe-like functionality, this type of thing. And it sounds like what they're pursuing pursuing is more uh, along the lines of of introducing their own digital currency, a Facebook coin, if you will. And you know, as I was talking about a moment ago, you can trust to a degree or to a high degree that the known parties within your Facebook network, your circle of friends, family, you know that that party is who they say they are. So that removes an element of risk and it facilitates a transaction because you have that trust factor on the network. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out if it gains traction. And Amazon has their own coin. And I imagine that you'll see all the, the blue chip companies, Walmart and such, over time introduce their own proprietary coins. But it's going to be interesting as these coins gain traction, what sort of the rules of engagement are over time. In other words, will these coins only be allowed to be used on that platform? 
And I believe that's the case now with um, Amazon's coins, for example. Because what you could see happening is a case where you buy coins with dollars. Those coins aren't subject to the same downward pressure that the dollar is. You know, we keep printing money. We keep taking on more debt. So that, of course, softens the dollar. And these proprietary coins aren't subject to those economic pressures. And you have, as, you, as you have more and more people buying those coins, obviously it, it creates demand and drives the value of those, those coins up. Meanwhile, those coins don't have the downward pressure. So you could see how those coins would be a source of um, a store of value and attractive investment. Particularly if you could then you know, liquidate those coins and buy something that's off network, off platform. I'm sure there would be a, a toll for doing that if that type of thing is allowed in the future. If, if you have a, a broad universe of merchants on the platform, then maybe it's not so terrible that you can't, they potentially would not be able to take those coins off platform and buy an asset off platform because most anything and everything you would want would be available on that platform from, from a merchant perspective. Maybe not real property assets as an example, although someday I imagine they'll will be buying land and property with digital currency. I think it's just a matter of time. And so as an asset, I think these digital currencies become much more attractive than, than the dollar. And what, what, what is that going to bring about from a political standpoint? What's that going to bring about from a regulatory standpoint, from a societal standpoint? I think it gets very interesting. It could get potentially messy for a while, but time will tell. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the article. Reach out to us with, um, with any questions or feedback. See you all next time.